Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Egler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Monday, folks. Hope you all had a great weekend. Visions of Green Bay Packers games dancing in your head as we wait and wait and wait for this offseason to be over. In the meantime, we're here to talk to you each and every day, Monday through Friday, because that's what we do here at Cheesehead TV. We are all about Packers fans worldwide. We're devoted. Some might say. Funnily enough, uh, programming note, speaking of Monday through Friday, uh, will not be having a Packers Daily on Thursday. Fridays is in question. We'll definitely be having them Monday through Wednesday, but uh, latter part of the week is looking dicey. Uh, I'll be traveling on Thursday. Friday, I'm not quite so sure I'll even have a connection. So it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, but in the meantime, the Packers are set to uh, hit the grass for one last time for the offseason starting tomorrow when they begin their mandatory, if you please, three-day, really two-day minicamp. The Packers announcing earlier today that that third day is canceled as far as practice goes, and it will be a private affair. It will be a private uh, team-building exercise. Paintball, bowling, who knows? You guys know the drill. If you've been following this team for long enough, you know it's always some kind of team-bonding activity like that. So you you can bet – Packers.com, Packers Digital will be all over that for your enjoyment on Thursday. In the meantime, we'll talk about minicamp tomorrow and Wednesday. And then basically the summer begins for everyone on staff, all the players. They all get their final moments away, a few weeks, until they come back for the start of training camp in late July. God knows I can't wait. And I know you guys can't either. Um, Before I keep going, I want to give a shout-out to our good friends over at Ticket King. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see the Green Bay Packers play a game of tackle football, head to cheeseheadtv.com, use our schedule, and you'll find individual links for each and every game. You know you want to go see the Packers play. You don't want to use Ticketmaster or StubHub or SeatGeek or any of that nonsense. Use a company that is Wisconsin-based. They've been in Wisconsin since the early 90s. They literally have an office right across the street from Lambeau Field. You can utilize cheeseheadtv.com. There's a link in the description of this video. Get to Ticket King and get your Packers tickets, people. That's where you want to do it. Um, as you might have uh, guessed from the subject line of this video, I want to talk about the run defense or lack thereof when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. And I don't say this because, look, I've gotten the distinct impression here over the last course of the you know, season slash offseason that Matt LaFleur pays attention when I criticize him. Because God knows he's made some kind of, quote, joke about it every time I do. Um, and I don't know. You know, this is a guy who supposedly isn't on Twitter and isn't here watching these chats. But he seems to know every time I do. So, Matt, I want to address you directly. My good friend Wendell, who is a contributor here at GZ TV, pointed something out uh, earlier this week when he said, since Matt LaFleur became Packers head coach in 2019, The Green Bay Packers are 32nd in rush EPA allowed. For those of you at home, uh, maybe don't know what EPA is, I strongly encourage you to Google EPA football statistic, and you will understand, hopefully, uh, what we're talking about here. Needless to say, it means the run defense has been really bad. Like, terrible. You don't need a statistic to tell you that, but it does put it into perspective that, you know, the, the run defense has been... And I'm not going to say a complete afterthought, but it's been pretty damn bad, right? And as Wendell also pointed out, in the same time period since Matt was hired, the Packers are ninth 
when it comes to EPA against dropbacks, meaning essentially when a quarterback drops back to pass, ninth in EPA, which is pretty damn good. You're top 10. And I understand that Matt has had two defensive coordinators in Mike Pettin and now Joe Barry, who are pretty you know, transparent about the idea that while perhaps they don't truly you know, not give a shit about stopping the run, their thrust, if you will, what they emphasize is stopping the pass, defending the pass, trying to be better at pass defense, which is all well and good. I understand it. I mean, hell, Mike Pettin famously said, you know, it's quicker to fly to Miami than it is to walk there. You know, lighthearted manner of trying to point out that there's a reason he focused on the pass defense. All well and good. The problem, of course, at least for me, is that by being so terrible against the run, you allow opposing offensive coordinators to dictate the game. And this is, long-time viewers know where I'm going with this. I have said it again and again and again, whether Mike Pettin was the defensive coordinator, whether now with Joe Barry being the defensive coordinator, the Packers' defense never, I mean, if ever, very rarely dictates to the offense. We saw a glimpse of it last year against the Vikings in Lambeau. It's probably the only time under Joe Barry you've really truly seen that, maybe the exception being the 49ers playoff game, where the defense for the Packers dictated to the offense. But when you're so bad against the run and you do precious little to change or stop that, opposing offensive coordinators can operate in a way that sets them up to be successful with the pass in certain situations. Look no further than the Week 18 game against Detroit last last year to end the season, where Detroit is somewhat, you know, they weren't their explosive selves. They were scoring 30-plus on most of their opponents. And I think Joe actually did a pretty good job against them in both of those games last year. However, the problem comes when you are able to generate stuff on the ground, defensive coordinators and the defensive players and the you know, position coaches, they start getting attuned to that. They try to make their adjustments to stop that. And then what happens? You hit them with a deep one over the top, sets them up for an easy goal-to-go situation. And this is the problem. When you can't stop the run, it opens things up for the opponent. And I know this is not like rocket science. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know already who's watched football for a long time. It, like This is rudimentary. I understand that. But it does come down to Matt LaFleur. You are what you emphasize. That's an age-old axiom of coaching that every football guy and gal knows. You are what you emphasize. You get what you emphasize. If you don't emphasize stopping the run, teams are going to continue to walk all over the Green Bay Packers. Is this the year? Can this be the year that they go, you know what, enough is enough. We are going to stop the fucking run no matter what. Come hell or high water. We'll put our corners on islands every once in a while. We'll drop a safety down in the box. We'll make some adjustments to stop the run no matter what. And if somebody, yes, you know, beats, gets beat one-on-one outside, then okay, we'll live with that. Can this be the year? I doubt it because that's not really the scheme that they're running on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they like that two-high shell, playing their cover two and cover six. And I get it. I understand that's the scheme, and you got need guys to win up front. But then that comes to another component of it, which is, okay, so you don't want to commit numbers or you don't want to beef up the line or put three down linemen out there because we saw the Eagles running all over this team 
and Joe continually sending two down linemen out there to get bowled over. So, okay, fine. But then can Jerry Montgomery possibly try to get some new blood on the field when it's very apparent that dudes are getting run over? How many times last year did we see games where Dean Lowry is on the ground? I mean, just repeatedly. Yet Devontae Wyatt can't sniff the field? I understand he was a young guy, probably very not not technique sound. But, man, there's athletic upside there. There's some disruption there. Could help. And who knows, this year we got two young bucks along the defensive line who kind of go against what they've liked at that position in the past. So who knows, maybe they get on the field early and often and are disruptive and help in that regard. Whatever the case, whether it is Jerry Montgomery getting new horses out there, whether it is Joe Barry adjusting his scheme, or whether it's Matt LaFleur talking to both those guys and all the guys on the defensive staff, look, this year we are going to stop the fucking run. That's his job, essentially, if he wants it to happen, which, again, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. But it's just at some point it becomes part of your identity, right? It, at some point, you are seen, as Robert Sala said, when they came into Lambeau and whooped the Packers' ass, we're going to take them down into deep water, and we know they're not going to be able to handle it. That's the perception of your football team. How's that going to change? It has to change if you emphasize the change. And that's the only way that's going to change. Now, who knows? Maybe very new squad, quarterback, you know, who was very much the identity of this team is now out the door fresh start, maybe, maybe something happens in that regard. We'll see. I'm excited to find out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good to see everybody in the comments section mixing it up. All the regulars, Brandy's loving to talk about the defense, I know. Hey, what's up, Brandy? How are you? Good to see everybody. Uh, Ryan, that's really nice of you to say. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, Mimsy's starting us off with a super chat. What's up, man? Barry emphasized lining up six yards off the line. Why do you want to hurt me right off the back, Mimsy? Oh. I don't need that in my life. Come on, man. We need positive energy up in here. Let's do it. Uh, that game against Tennessee last year, we held Henry in check for the most part, but the rest of their offense took it to us. thousand percent, they committed to stopping Derrick Henry. No question about it. And then what happened? What was horrible, that first third down that they gave up. Remember when uh, the rookie receiver got deep down the seam? You, you knew right then and there there was going to be an issue all night. I mean, that's the game that got Savage benched, you know. But look what happens when you actually make – a commitment to stopping the run and a premier back at that, you know, um, hopefully see more of that. I'd like it. Uh, every season, the Packers have 20 injured players by week five sideline report. Maybe, but so does the rest of the league. I mean, I, I always find it fascinating when people talk about that because like I get it. It is frustrating. There's no doubt that, Injuries are part of the game, and they pile up, and the NFL, the injury rate is 100%. But it's not like other teams don't have huge CVS-like receipt bills of injured players going into each and every weekend. You know, the Packers aren't unique in that regard. Uh, if we can stop Justin Fields from running, they will have no offense whatsoever. I mean, what's funny, you go back and you watch that first Bears game last year, the, the Bears, whether it was Fields or Montgomery, they ran through the Packers in the second half. Now, part of that was the Packers protecting a lead, but you got to be able to get off a block at some point, and nobody was getting off a block that night. Um, but, yeah, just, Justin Fields is going to continue to hurt you with his with his legs. You can absolutely try to contain him, but you're not going to stop him. You just have to limit the damage, no doubt. John, thanks for the super chat. How was training camp changed from Mike to Matt? Well, that's a good question, John. Um... A lot, I'm not saying a lot, but there's noticeably less time on the grass. Um, specifically, you know, I remember that first training camp, we asked Matt about it, and he was like, look, you know, we do our work in the in the meeting rooms, and then we have concepts and things we want to work on on the grass, and we go out there and we get it done, and then we're done. Um, that's been noticeable. Um, it's very rare that you have these old-school, long-ass, grueling practices at camp. The other unfortunate part, of course, is that there's far fewer and fewer seemingly each and every year public practices. You know, there's a lot of work being done that isn't uh, that would have in the past been done out in public. And now they're either on Hinkle Field behind the tarps or they're in Lambeau or they're even in, you know, um, Hudson Center. Fewer and fewer days are being spent at Nitschke Field, which to some extent I kind of understand. Yeah, but I also... As I always say, you know, 
I want to point out that the Packers love to talk about being the only publicly owned team. Well, that public wants to watch the team they own. I don't think that's a crazy idea. And the other part is, like, you know, McCarthy was <laughs> always upset about the idea of people tweeting out what was going on at practice, and the Packers have cons- have stayed consistent in that regard under Matt. Um but it is funny because, you know, the bloggers who aren't credentialed just go and sit in the stands and tweet it all out because they're not under any obligation not to. Whereas with the credential media is sitting on the sideline and we're not allowed to tweet anything out or talk about or tweet out any of the conversations we hear on the field. Um, it's kind of it's just kind of funny that way. Um, Ty Summers left the defense. What in the world is the problem? <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Uh, we got a couple super chats here. I got Johns. Cheeto, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. This one time at band camp, Lucas Van Ness trucked over Ohio State's O line to get a tackle for loss. They went from O H I O to O no. Get it, man? Hopefully, we get a bunch more of that in the NFL. I'm down about that. Mike is from the Marty Schottenheimer School. Rick, he most certainly is. He has talked early and often about his connection. Um, however, it's kind of funny. Uh, now, Mike employs Schottenheimer's son as his offensive coordinator. But, you know, it's a meritocracy in the NFL. Right, right. I will say, though, you know, for all the tough guy, Phil, you know, Pittsburgh stuff and Schottenheimer stuff that, you know, Mike is associated with, I'll never forget Bob McGinn writing about how uh, McCarthy's training camps had turned into Club Med. I mean, God, I can only imagine what Bob would be writing about Matt's. <laughs> his training camps. Okay, Nags, the world needs ditch diggers. Who is the new Ty Summers? I think you've seen him out there, haven't you, in McDuffie? Um, I think McDuffie is a much better version of Ty Summers. But, you know, he was thrust into action last year when the team lost Campbell to injury and then, unfortunately, Walker to suspension. But he acquitted himself quite well, I think. You know, he's a guy who's not a superstar. He's not going to be a starter, most likely, ever in this league. But... Uh, the defense didn't fall apart when he was in there, and he certainly looked assignment-specific, certainly looked like uh, more than physically capable. Like, yeah, there, he's a backup for a reason, right? But uh, I really liked what McDuffie showed last year. And hopefully he can continue to improve in that regard this, this summer and uh, continue to contribute on special teams, which is where he really shines. So I'd, I'd give McDuffie that shout. Mike, I miss Corey Banky. There, I said it. Funny you should say that, Mike, because I have a meeting with Corey tomorrow, and he brought it up. I believe it was last week. Uh, the 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 possibility of a pre-camp Packer transplants. So sounds like that's going to rumble to life sooner rather than later. So be on the lookout for all your Corey Banky needs because they they are coming. Uh, Jimmy, what would be a better what would be better for the defense? Kenny Clark playing at an All Pro level or Wyatt playing at an above average starter? Uh, I think anything you get as far as development from Wyatt is probably the way to go there. Um, you know, I know Kenny kind of got worn down there for a stretch last year, which I can't say I'm surprised by, seeing as um, he's certainly being counted out to do a lot of different things, and he's only one man. But yeah, you can get Wyatt hopefully uh, to continue to develop and build on what looked like a very promising final month of the season last year, you're really going to be cooking then. Uh, get some domination get up front. Get some just some disruption. I mean, the number of times this defensive line is either held in check and or pushed back is just depressing. 
You got to get guys upfield in their backfield. Disrupt what's going on in the offensive backfield. If you can just do that, I'll be happy. Mm. I'm excited for TJ Slayton. Let the kids play. Matt, I, I love TJ. Really expected to see a little bit more from him last year, but I will say, uh, he, as inconsistent as he can be at times, the highs are exciting. If he can give that and make that the standard, yeah, you've got a really exciting young player there. Um, I do think, you know, the more reps he got last year, the better he got. Hopefully he can uh, find that consistency early in the year because they're going to need him. They're definitely going to need him. Joe, thanks for the super chat. Run defense improved after the bye week. Did Matt LaFleur during the bye week tell Barry what you're saying today? I don't think so much that. I do think some of that was opponent-specific. I do think some of that was uh, what they decided to do scheme-wise as far as, um, you know, they didn't they, – they limited a lot of the – I'm not going to say exotic blitzes because it was never a staple of their defense. Um, I think eyes on the backfield a lot more because of the cover two and cover six calls, which allowed help to arrive sooner. Um, and I do think inserting Wyatt helped. Um, maybe addition by subtraction by Dean Lowry's injury. I think a lot of things played into that. I don't, but I don't think it was very, very much close to what I was talking about at the top of the stream. Uh, I bet Schottenheimer feeds Pollard. Jones getting touches? Not so sure. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, is Mike's calling the plays now. Aha. Early prediction, Van Ness overtakes Preston by the end of the year on the depth chart. That's interesting, Mike. I don't think he needs to. I mean, it's always going to be a platoon, right? Especially when Gary comes back. You want to keep those legs fresh. Uh, but Preston, he's your lead dog for a good reason. He's a big part of what I'm talking about here as far as stopping the run. You want to run at Preston? Good luck. You know, the kid's going to have to prove that he can hold up. And I'm not limiting his possibilities. I think, yeah, Lucas Van Ness could be a legit player, you know, but I mean, Preston's got the pelts on the wall, and he's a damn good football player. Um, I mean, could it happen? Sure. But uh, I'm not sitting here expecting it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Run defense improved after Philly because Barry knew his job was on the line down the stretch. I don't know. Maybe, Brett. Maybe. I don't think it was that cut and dry, but um, I'm sure there was a little bit of a come-to-Jesus moment there after that embarrassing performance. Can we go through one season without comparing the team in some way to the 2010 team? Yeah, Brett, you know why? Because they're not Super Bowl contenders this year. Thanks for playing. I mean, it's that obvious. It's that simple. You know, people made comparisons to the 2010 team because we were hoping for a Super Bowl run. I don't kill Packers fans for that. But I guarantee you, this team, there will be no 2010 comparisons. I promise you that. Uh, between the tackles, running against us really makes me throw stuff at my TV. <sighs> Brandy, I hear you. Yeah, it's frustrating, especially when, and to me, this is a big kind of component of it, is how passive the linebacker are, linebackers are seemingly asked to be. Like, there's very rarely a rum blitz called or a call where guys are asked to fill at the snap of the ball rather than read and react. And I'm not saying that's the answer per se, that it's going to work every single time, et cetera, but mix it up a little bit, you know. And then can we keep the linebackers clean? You know, this comes down to what I was saying before. If Jerry Montgomery sees somebody getting their ass handed to him, let's, let's rotate a little bit, you know, instead of sending a guy out there for 60% of the snaps. I don't know, man. 
the whole operation's got to change, you know, that from the root to the tuna. Soup to nuts, all five acts. Uh, Matt, any idea what the timetable for returning players like Stokes or Gary? No, no timetables yet. I know Stokes uh, is a ways away. Gary, we'll see. Everything I've heard and seen has been, quote, you know, ahead of schedule, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot. I fully expect him to start camp on the PUP. I fully expect him to start the season on PUP, which is now only four weeks. And after that, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, it, they're not. neither one of those guys are going to be back anytime soon. Uh, we need more D-line help now, says Kevin. Possibility. I know Justice and I are in lockstep on this one. Uh, I would love them to sign at least one more veteran body up front. But you know the Packers. They're going to develop their own dudes. They took a couple guys in the draft. They're going to see what they can do, and that'll be it. That's my guess, anyway. But we'll see. Who knows? I mean, this is a team. This is a GM and Brian who has not shied away from bringing in guys at the last minute before. I mean, on the offensive side, he brought in Kelly there right before camp started a couple years ago. So anything's possible. We shall see. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go Pack Go. (laughs) 